Hello and welcome to Pilot Season, and this week we are being blinded by science. Science! I was hoping you'd do that. I'm Patrick Brogan, and alongside me is Alan Byrne. Hello, Alan Byrne. Hello, Patrick Brogan. I'm glad you actually did do that, because I was, I was wondering for a second if you would. Why wouldn't I? Uh, that's, a, that's the appropriate response to that phrase. Because you might not have picked up on the cue. I, I, I wasn't sure. <laughs> well, I'll let you know the secret, Patrick. I was going to say it no matter what. <laughs> well, I'm glad we're on the same page. Today, we are looking at the unaired pilot of the Big Bang Theory. Yes. A show which we talked about on our previous podcast, which I don't think is actually on the internet anymore. Um, you killed the insert witty name show? <laughs> I didn't kill it. Uh, some of the episodes aren't online anymore uh, because of reasons of space. And uh, audio files take up an awful lot of room So uh, uh, on the things that we were using to host the podcast. So I uh, deleted a bunch of them. That one might be gone too. I don't know. I think it was, it was very, an early one. I think it was the very, very first one. That we, or the second, that we talked about uh, sitcoms. It was definitely one of the first ones. And uh, Big Bang Theory turned up on that as one I'm not particularly fond of. So uh, this was interesting for me. <laughs> what do you, what's, I can't remember. What do you think of the Big Bang Theory? I, I don't hate it like you do. Uh, I, not, I, I can take it or leave it, really. I liked it, and then I feel like it, it, it turned on me. I feel like it stayed in <laughs> consistently the same. Or maybe it, maybe it, it's just my inbred hipster sensibilities. I did like it more at the start, but I think it, that was mainly because it was a show on TV that was talking about geeky things. I do think it was more grounded at the start, and and as sitcoms can tend to do as they go along, they got a little bit wackier and more caricature as things went by. As we've seen in this episode, where. Uh, I won't say a lot more grounded, but the characters are are far removed from what they uh, what they would become, especially uh, the the breakout character of the show, who is very different in this episode. Actually, I wouldn't say he's very different. He's different enough. That's probably an accurate description. We should get into this. This is actually about nine, ten years old at this point. Uh, yeah, 2006. It's uh, nearly 10 years old. Should we get into the fact that you uh, you watched the wrong one? Okay, look, it turns <sighs> out that there are two unaired pilots to the Big Bang Theory. Yes, there are. Uh, th- there was one with a, l- a largely different script and cast to the aired pilot. And then there is an- another unaired pilot with the cast from the show, but with a few different scenes in it. They must have changed those scenes and just kept the, the rest the same. Is it the same plot as this one? No, it is mainly the same plot as the aired pilot. Oh, okay. The That's... But the opening scene and uh, apparently, I didn't watch the whole lot because I realised my mistake, but apparently the closing scene is also different. Because this episode, this pilot of Big Bang Theory lacks any uh, Kaylee thingy. A Coco. Or uh, Coco Sweeting, as she is now. Her, your one from um, Eight Simple Rules. Uh, none of none, none of her, uh, none of um, the other two male characters in Big Bang Theory. No Raj and no um, Howard. Howard. 
instead we have a lady named uh, Gilda, who is the uh, who is Sheldon and Leonard's uh, associate. Associate. The penny analog in this scenario is a girl named Katie. And without further ado, let's get into the Sheldon Leonard at a sperm bank uh, opening of this episode. And isn't this different? <laughs> yes, this is very different. Firstly, it opens with, uh, as we did, with uh, She Blinded Me With Science by Thomas Dolby. So automatically, I like that. Um, if She Blinded Me With Science will end up being used as interstitial stuff between scenes. Uh, and I'm kind of glad that they didn't go with that with, with, uh, for the actual show because as we t- uh, also talked about on that that one episode of the insert we name show that isn't online anymore i really hate that kind of thing <laughs> because uh, uh two broke girls does the same thing with a peter bjorn and paul song where they they, they just use the same the, the same guitar riff to break between every scene and it just annoys the hell out of me especially because i liked that song before it was but, on tv but it's also two broke yeah girls, that doesn't help matters terrible. So we, we kick off here in the sperm bank where London, uh, Lendon and Sheldon, Sheldon she, de, de, Leonard and Sheldon are uh, are making a deposit, so to speak, because they have no money and this is how they're going to pay for dinner. We learn that Sheldon likes butts because he found a magazine of, of ladies with, with large butts. And uh, I'm realizing that two weeks in a row that we have discussed butts on this podcast. Um, but this is more because Sheldon likes childbearing hips, I guess. And there's a discussion Hooray. on masturbation, which you This is actually this is overall this is a lot more body. Yeah, I I, I don't know if this would go out on prime time on CBS. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's there's some visual the visual gag later that's incredibly uh body. Yeah, that definitely wouldn't go out on CBS. That's, no definitely not. So we have, um, I've written down here, now you've ruined masturbation and cowboys, and I can't remember why the cowboys uh, thing turns up. Leonard if but... Sheldon filled the cup. Oh, yeah, because it's, it's not meant to be filled. It is it's a large size a... to help with aiming, like a spittoon in the Old West. Sheldon is Sheldon Coopery-ish, but a little bit less of the kind of asexual, strange... He's more like a real person, in a way. He's more like, he is more like... Uh, more like uh, Sheldon. I keep, forget- I keep forgetting which character is which for some reason. I don't quite know why. It's been a while since I watched The Big Bang Theory. Several years. They are um, temporarily broke. They uh, Sheldon tries to uh, argue with the receptionist. To be paid in cash. Yes, because they need the cash, not the check. Because they want to go and buy food. They don't get the uh, cash they have to eat. Stick with the check. Despite Sheldon's masterful attempt at bluffing. Yes, he demands uh, their product back. But um, no dice, and he quickly relents. And off they go to pay for their meal with a check from a sperm bank. Um, as they are walking towards the restaurant, they meet or they spy a, um, a sad lady crying on the streets. Uh, she's broken up with her boyfriend. She wants to move back with her her mother, but her mother's apparently living with that same the same girl's ex, or at least someone that she slept with. So uh, Leonard goes up to this girl and says that he'll they'll take her for dinner, and ends up going through an entire thing about uh, how curry is a laxative and having verbal diarrhea, basically. 
interesting choice of words, Patrick. Um, <laughs> given the surprisingly you know, on point. <laughs> yes, um, and this is Katie, yes. who is very much not Penny. Katie here is played by Amanda Walsh, who has had roles. She has had roles, you say? Yes. Uh, none of them incredibly significant, uh, but it, she it was in an episode of Veronica Mars, so that's one for you. Woo. I'd tell you which one, but my laptop is frozen. Windows 10, everybody. Hooray. There we go. Uh, a long time ago, she used to be friends, or at least someone in yes, Veronica Mars. She was in the episode of Vice and Men. Don't remember that one. More recently, she was in Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. Ooh, that's a thing that exists. I don't know what that is. And another Chuck Lorre production, uh, Two and a Half Men. She was in a, a 2012 episode of that. Whoa, that's not a that's not a real claim to fame, really. That's a late year, Two and a Half Men. My, my running theory with Chuck Lorre shows is though that they start out okay and kind of get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse the longer they go. I'm uh, looking at you, Roseanne, also two and a half men. Is Mike and Molly still a thing? Mike and Molly didn't have a good starting point to begin with, <laughs> but I think it is still a thing. It had Melissa McCarthy, though. Yeah, but the entire thing is, lol, they fat people and they're in love. <laughs> they have feelings like humans do. <laughs> it's fat sitcom husband and fat wife. That's the difference. Yeah, Mike and Molly is still going. It was recently renewed for a sixth season. They just want to get the syndication stuff sorted with that, and then off they go. Because um, I don't think it's a tremendously popular show, unlike, say, this one or Two and a Half Men was to a point. Or Roseanne. Roseanne was fairly popular, but then they... Oh, God. I, I keep thinking about that, that the whole retcon season of Roseanne and going, why did you do that? <laughs> so Katie, this girl, uh, agrees to go to dinner with them, uh, because she has nowhere else to go, really. Yep. And Sheldon at the restaurant doesn't like not sitting in his place, which is a very Sheldon-y thing you'd see in the main series. Um, he goes off on a little rant about the why that place they normally sit is perfect for yeah. uh, various things. It's close to the kitchen, and it's a good spot for uh, waiters to see you or other such I think it works better as a spot in an apartment. To which Katie replies, have you ever seen a lady naked? Which uh, Sheldon takes a minute to check with Leonard just to make sure that she's not being sarcastic or not, which again, I think is a running gag in the actual series. It turns out that Katie has been broken up with by a married man. And by the way, Sheldon has seen six women naked, some of which weren't relatives, which is a decent joke. But at this point, we get also get to a lot of uh, Sheldon trying to console Katie with lots of techno babble she doesn't quite understand so that's a fairly standard Big Bang Theory joke and at this point this is this is interesting I'm not quite sure what I think about it what do you think Alan? Um, right so usually when I'm, I'm judging these things it's yeah. would I want to watch another episode of this and it's kind of hard to tell because a lot of these jokes end up getting used in the pilot, the, the aired pilot, the Big Bang Theory. So really, the main thing you have to go on is the difference between Penny and Katie. Yeah, and and it was it was it was stated like, like they changed Katie because the audience found her too hateful. <laughs> she was too mean to the boys, according to test audiences. The end of this thing kind of plays into that a little bit. I at this point, it's sort of you can see what it will become. It's a slightly 
it's a slightly raunchier version of what it would eventually become. Yeah, that is that is the main thing. It, it, the, well, not to say that the Big Bang Theory is entirely clean and wholesome. <laughs> it, it it is the yeah. show that has Harold Wolowitz on it. Uh, but yeah, it it, it certainly is, like you said earlier, bodier. Like the Big Bang Theory as it is now has that sort of bright and shiny primetime sitcom sheen about it. Whereas this is very much slightly, mm. it's slightly more like darker colors. Even the, the color palette of the show is actually quite dark. Yeah, the restaurant scene is is very dimly lit. The 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 boys' apartment as well is. Uh, you like, even it's they're very not dark. wearing very bright colored clothes or anything. It's very, it's all very kind of it's, it feels less. Uh, slick, less sitcom. sitcom. Yeah, the set design stuff. I think they they were going for a lot more realistic and less stylized. Yeah, they get super stylized now. So Katie ends up going back to their apartment, uh, which is where we we see how the apartment looks in this. Which is the sets. They they don't necessarily resemble the sets in the main series. They're they're similar ish. The the guy's apartment is mostly filled with whiteboards. It's a lot messier. Yeah. So this Sheldon isn't a, a clean freak. And there's a, a third room. A spare room. Like, luckily enough. Spare room, which is like, which is where the door I think usually is in the norm in the in the regular show. The whiteboards actually lead to sort of a a one-upping contest between Sheldon and Leonard about trying to prove which is which has the most complicated uh, maths on it, basically. That's uh, also in the. In the aired pilot, pretty much the, the entire thing, even the 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 year uh, one of those beautiful mind genius guys. It feels a little bit like a like they're both trying to impress her now that they've gotten her back to the apartment. <laughs> well, I don't know if Sheldon's trying to impress her or if he's just trying to to show his superiority, but Leonard is definitely trying to impress her. I don't know. I think there's I think there's a few moments in this where you you. I think Sheldon might be kind of, sort of, maybe as well. She goes to have a shower then, and they 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 they, they take a slight moment because you know they're nerds and there's, there's a, a naked lady. lady. Yeah, she's, she's in the bathroom, naked. Yes, exactly. And um, they do that. They 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 even walk up as like as within like walking distance or a couple of feet of the actual apart uh, door into wherever the the shower is and kind of stand there for a moment to, to kind of contemplate something. Oh, this is the, this is the point where Sheldon remembers that, or that yeah, Sheldon remembers that yeah, at some Thanksgiving, they did have a naked lady in their apartment before. And it was Sheldon, it was a uh, Leonard's uh, grandmother with Alzheimer's who was a, a joke. He'd seen it. Sometimes he's seen seven women naked. At this point we meet Gilda. She's like, uh, Oh, Actress from Roseanne in Big Bang Theory's character. Leslie Winkle is the character's yes. name. Yeah, she's sort of she sort of looks like her in the way she's dressed and the way she her hair is done up. Different actress. I actually did for a second think it was um, the same actress, but it is not. She is telling them that some professors had a breakdown, so they can now, I guess. This leaves a door open for them to, to get them more their, funding or something. Yeah, something, something like that. It's kind of hard to figure out. 
Um, but Katie comes back in from the shower looking for um, looking for hair product. The guys don't have any, but Gilda is also threatened by Katie because she's a pretty lady. Oh, initially when she sees uh, Katie, Gilda thinks that she's a hooker, and they hired for money. Yes, but, but Sheldon uh, tells her that, uh, or let, Sheldon tells her that um, I keep forgetting which one is which. I don't know why, but. Sheldon tells her that no, they use their spare money for um tender for tenderly chicken, joke, um, and Gilda proclaims that she is planning to she's working with uh, with Leonard. She plans then maybe dating Leonard and then marrying Leonard and having kids with Leonard. I don't know if Leonard's in on this, but maybe he is. Because it seems like a very well thought out plan on her behalf. I don't know uh, uh, that he is because later on she asks about for coffee. <laughs> true. Which she said I, was it's... the first step in her plan. <laughs> yes. Um, I guess she's just, she's just laying it all out on the table there. Um, the response from Katie is that she opens up her towel, flashes Gilda and says, nope, it's not going to happen. It's more like, it's like a, she opens the towel and says, you mean, you mean, uh, is Leonard going to get this? And opens up the towel and flashes her and says, not going to happen. And for the rest of the episode, we get uh, Gilda making mentions of uh, Katie's boobs. Mostly her nipples. Yes, her happy uh, little nipples <laughs> that follow you around the room. Yeah, that's a thing that happens. The next thing they are doing some maths to figure out Katie, because... They're nerdy maths physicist people, and that's what they do. Because you, you can't have a physicist that's a normal person. Nope. Not my experience. Not. <laughs> and I've met, like, a physicist. <laughs> is that physicist still in your house, or is he gone? I don't know. <laughs> Cause, uh, he might be up in the rafters right now. <laughs> doing some physics. Fun fact, there was a physicist in Alan's house. That's why, that's why the podcast got delayed. <laughs> Possible you, future You say the podcast well. got delayed, but they don't notice. We're talking to them from the past, Patrick. Well, the recording got delayed. <laughs> There's not a, a, an eager bunch of people listening at four o'clock waiting for the podcast to start recording. There could have been. Uh, only if you start live streaming these. I was considering live streaming it. Just for the fun of it. But it uh, didn't happen. Um, I actually was considering live streaming it because I got I was playing with live stream stuff before you started the recording, but it didn't actually work out. So, nah. Um, when doing the maths, Katie uh, re-enters the, the uh, living room and is all like, hey, let's all go out to a bar. And they're all like, nope. Well, Gil is all like, nope. Leonard is kind of up for it, but it all gets kiboshed and uh, this is the point where uh, Katie bends over to uh, pick some stuff up and both Leonard and Sheldon check out her butt oh yes yes I'd forgotten about that and Gilda gives them both a look oh those boys oh those boys staring at the lady we get some line from Sheldon about how it's not childbearing I guess this is or yeah something like that I guess it's it's to intimate that uh, Leonard that Sheldon not interested um because her ass is not large enough. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Uh, at night, then, later, Leonard hears a noise outside, 
and enters the living room carrying a lightsaber to find Katie has broken the lamp. And her response to seeing the lightsaber is, if that, thing's, if that thing vibrates, I need to borrow it. That's a very two broke girls kind of joke. Yeah. Speaking of two broke yeah, girls. Yeah, you can, you can just hear Kat Dennings saying that, can't you? You can. Again, this is a more body version of the show. Because I, I don't feel like that joke would be in the, the, the series as it is. I don't know. I, I, Maybe. I can definitely think, off the top of my head, think of at least one reference to dildos in The Big Bang Theory, yes. Well, I suppose this is going from the same showrunner who gave us Two and a Half Men. Which yeah, yeah, that's full of sex jokes. It turns out she'd come home to change because some guy had uh, spilled a drink on her top and she, she's changing her top. Leonard's talking to her and she invites Leonard to go out to the bar. But this was also a conversation between the two about uh, whether this whole going out to the bar thing after her being so upset earlier in the day was a good or a bad thing. And it involves... Katie doing some quote-unquote uh, working at maths work out working at some mathematical equations on Leonard's uh, whiteboard which erases all of his possibly many many years of work but he he bites the he kind of he kind of grins and bears it through seeing all of his work uh, erased Dude, take a and photo. They have, yeah <laughs> and they have a just a discuss oh, yeah 2006 you could take a photo yeah, digital cameras are uh, common and ubiquitous and uh, uh, phone yeah. cameras. It was 2006. Everybody had a camera phone. Flip phones all around. Flipping everywhere, up and down and all around. So she explains about how, about her, you know, married ex, her mother, her um, her mother's boyfriend who, she makes a... a... K is K and K equals sad and K is the hypotenuse of a triangle with B and C, which doesn't stand for what you think it does. Yeah. It gets worse than the... Do you have more of that? No, no. I, the... I, once I realized that was going to get so long, <laughs> I stopped taking that down notes and just let slide over me. Because there's a... There, it goes into talking about the guy her mother's dating who is H, and then it's H. To, like, basically, she makes a, ma- a maths joke about that's a sex joke. And I can't quite remember the way it's spinned around, but it's... She uses the division symbol thing. Like the... I don't know. I don't maths, so this is very difficult for me to explain. But it, yeah, the body maths joke, basically, um, which is kind of this whole show, actually. <laughs> body maths jokes, the series. One plus one equals two equals positive. I don't, I, again, I can't maths. I'm trying to, even me trying to do maths jokes in the podcast isn't going to work. The whole conversation boils down to the fact that she's actually the common denominator in all of this because she's the one making the stupid mistakes, which uh, Katie takes up as they're calling her stupid, which she really kind of is. And her response is she draws a she draws she draws a penis on the board and points to it and says that this is him, and walks off. Leonard doesn't quite figure out what it is at first, and this ends up and. After he says, this is you, and walks away, he looks at it and says... A spaceship with wheels? Spaceship on wheels. Which leads to a couple of jokes of the two of them, look, of both Sheldon and Leonard looking at it to guess what it is, and eventually realizing that it's a penis. Um, the next day, Katie is gone. Leonard talks about going after her, but Sheldon's not particularly keen on it. As he looks at the board and tries to figure out what this weird drawing Ghost is... Ghost on roller skates. Figure. Ghost on roller skates, apparently, yeah. 
eventually he realizes it's a penis. And uh, meanwhile, at Katie's workplace, which is apparently some sort of makeup place, I guess, she's hung over. She's vomited in a twenty in like a free tote bag, which is a which she uses as a threat to a lady she's making up because the lady's annoying her. Um, Leonard turns up to apologize to her, um, to which Katie then offers him the twenty-five dollar tote bag full of vomit, because it sounds like a really weird NPR deal. That's a twenty-five dollar line. We have a tote bag filled with vomit. It doesn't seem like there's any real resolution to this because she's like, "Yeah, I'll I'll figure out where I'm going to go. I don't need you, strange man who saved me from sitting on the streets crying and gave me dinner and then called me an idiot." Um, Meanwhile, back at the apartment, they're eating. uh, Sheldon, Leonard, and Gilda are eating, and Gilda actually asks. Leonard out at this point, but also admits that she has had sex with Sheldon. Um, which I think is the major deviation. Yes. If you haven't noticed, Sheldon is a is a sexual being in this episode. Um, and had apparently he and Gilda had had the thing at a Star Trek convention because he was so convincing. At, um, As a Vulcan in the throngs of Ponfar. Yeah. Um, because yeah, that's that, that's that's a, that's a joke about nerds. Um, and Stuart Leonard replies with, "Do you realize in the last twenty four hours you've ruined masturbation, cowboys, and sex?" Which I, <laughs> I liked as a joke. I thought that was a good line. I think it was Star um, Trek. And, yeah, Star Trek. Either way, the the line I wrote was good. <laughs> Take that, no, Leonard will be the asexual one. <laughs> Katie, Katie turns up at the door and her essentially... Katie turns up at the door and basically says, I'll live here because I don't have to pay rent or sleep with anyone to live here. So I will. And we get to a post-credit scene where um, they're all at a bar. Katie's like, let's all dance. And the, the nerdy people dance, but they, na- they dance badly. Joke. Also, also, Sheldon is drinking, um, and that's the end. Hooray! Hooray! This is me trying to think of what I would say about this. I feel like we've brushed through this a little bit. It's not. It's not heavy on plot because it's it's a sitcom. Obviously enough, it's mainly there for the jokes. Which yeah, I don't know about you. I didn't laugh too much at this, and I'm not sure if it's because I've see- seen most of these jokes numerous times, so it's just, oh yeah, there's that joke again. Or or if it's just not good. I'm, I find it really hard to call. I did laugh a couple of times, but at the same time, I sort of went, this is the Big Bang Theory. And I remember when it started liking it, liking it, and watched probably the first three seasons. My theory about sitcoms, by the way, is three seasons and done is probably the best way of doing them. But then you miss awesome stuff. Uh, well, to apply that logic to to another sitcom, you'd miss awesome stuff like Paul Rudd being in Friends. You'd say that though. You 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 love Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd was great in Friends. Yes, and Friends is when I started. Paul Rudd is Paul the Rudd. other side of your um your double sided man crush monster. Yep, which includes. John Cusack. John Cusack. Everyone should know Alan loves John Cusack. I wonder if John Cusack in any TV pilots. 
Uh, I don't know. He he started off doing films, so I, I don't think he he done or much TV. You should know this as number I one. I really John should. Shouldn't I? You think I'd be constantly on his IMDb page? I'm pretty sure you should be. But look, looking at back at this, like it's you've got a point in that all the jokes didn't end up getting recycled later, and they feel very familiar, and it sort of takes away from the episode. I like the idea that they seem to be going for here, which was more you have the quote-unquote party girl, norm, more normal person who can sort of take these three nerds out of their comfortable nerd shell and make them in, and, and make them into more rounded human beings, I guess. That seemed like what they were trying to go for at the end, a little, which um, doesn't quite translate or transfer over to the main series. It becomes more nerdy guys in love with a ditzy blonde girl across the way. Will they, won't they? Who knows? The answer um, is both yes and no. <laughs> so I kind of like that, but to say Katie is unlikable, yes and no. I mean, you could. She's. Do you think she's unlikable? Um, I think she's unusual in in, in a TV character. She she doesn't she, she doesn't get a lot of redeeming moments. No. Uh, I I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with having an unlikable character in a TV show. No. I don't think so either. Uh, but I didn't hate her. Uh, she she definitely seems like she'd be a, a good you know story driving engine. She's she's the element of chaos that would lead to the wacky sitcom hijinks. I think I think it could work. Yeah, I also kind of like the fact that it's that you had Gilda there from the start instead of um, the two other male characters. Yeah, yeah. The early seasons of the Big Bang Theory aren't really great for, you know, female representation among the sciences. No. And then I think when it comes in, it's kind of more like they've got their chipette versions of the male characters. But here it's a bit better because you have you have the, the two guys and the girl, but no pizza place. And um, they're already an established trio. And you have this new character who comes in, and doesn't. I don't think it necessarily matters if she's totally unlikable because you know she can, I guess, learn better qualities from them. And you could have a a, a space for development between the. Yeah. Not necessarily if that would happen in a. I I don't think a Chuck Lorre come is a place where someone, someone has character development. Really, I can't think of examples. <laughs> It is a bit odd, actually, now that you think about it, because Chuck Lorre sitcoms tend to be based around unlikable characters. Essentially. Uh, you got the the largest example is Charlie from Two and a Half Men. Ro- but, Roseanne's not but, exactly lovable. No, Roseanne isn't. Uh, Alan in Two and a Half Men isn't. Uh, Sheldon and Leonard have their, their, their jerkish moments. Sitcoms kind of the, the demand that people be jerks sometimes for, for humorous effect. So if we look at Chuck Lorre's uh, credits, or well, certainly selected credits on Wikipedia, you've got Roseanne, not a likable character, Grace Under Fire, eh, I can't remember that remember it that well. Sybil, again, I not I don't think I watched Sybil. Not really very likable uh, main character. Um, Dharma and Greg, 
Well, that was the one with the the hippie and the yeah. cardboard cutout, right? Yeah, hi- hippie and hippie and kind of upper class uh, guy meet and get married in a single day, basically, and then they start to to live together, and it's 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 like uptight up. He's like she's got a she's got like a liberal hippie family. He's got an uptight uh, conservative upstate New York uh, upbringing. It's the odd couple, but they're married. <laughs> Pretty much. And I, I actually want to see that. I think Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau would be good together. <laughs> unlikable. It's legal now, America. Unlikable, I don't know. Uh, two and a half men, yes, unlikable characters. Big Bang Theory, yeah, moments. Mike and Molly, I've never actually watched, and I've never seen Mom, so I, I don't know. Um, I think it could have worked this way. Would it have blown up like Big Bang Theory... Did? I know. Probably not. Yeah, there, there's a wider variety of characters in in the Big Bang Theory than than there is here, and that, that lets them go off in in more directions. It gives it, it gives the the storytelling more more fuel to keep going. Yeah, and I don't I don't think there's much of a, a, a Penny's problem. I think Penny's as a character. She's probably her, her. Maybe it's down to uh, Kelly. Go on, you can do it. Kelly, difficult surname to say. I'm just gonna cut that there. So every time I every time I try and say it, I'll just cut you in saying it. Yeah, I think both as an actress and as a character, she's slightly more. She's a better, she's probably a better choice than this actress. You know, you know what I mean. She's um, she's a better actress, probably overall, and a more recognized and again a, a kind of a recognizable face as well because she had come off of um, Eight Simple Rules. Yeah, yeah, actually, well, Kelly Cuoco, the the it's just. Hey, it's that guy who was in Roseanne. Yeah, and that guy from Garden State. Oh, yeah, he was in Garden State. <laughs> he was. Jim Parsons has been around for a while. Yeah, Jim Parsons is a lot older than you think he is. Yeah, he's in his 40s, I think. Hey, Johnny Galecki is... He was in Roseanne yeah, as well. He's not young either. Yeah, Jim no. Parsons is 42. You, would not, you wouldn't tell. You couldn't tell, but he, he is. I think, I, I think her sort of... I think she helps, and I think the... I think in that way, the Penny character actually improves. The, it, it probably helps the show catch on. Also, the endless amounts of, um, also the endless amounts of just uh, product placement for nerdy things and uh, coming around at the right time, also kind of helped it. I think overall. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Big Bang Theory came right at the at, at the point when nerd culture became mainstream. The, yeah. Like, uh, uh, 2006, Iron Man had just come out, hadn't it? Iron Man was 2004, so definitely into the superhero boom. <laughs> yeah. Nerdy stuff was big. Nerdy stuff kind of still is big. <laughs> Hooray! Age of the Geeks. <laughs> we were, we were kind of at, at the point where it hit at the right time, and probably in the format of this pilot, might not have hit as big. I don't think. I can't. It's really hard to judge because, as you said, the jokes were all re- rehashed. Yeah, yeah, the, the the best stuff got put into the pilot, and then mm. 
the rest was left at the wayside. I think it's probably about time that we rank these things, but I can't find the ranking file. Where did it go? There it is. This is the point in the podcast where a lot of clicking happens because I'm clicking around trying to find the the Word document that contains the rankings. I think he'd open it before this podcast starts, but no. I generally that, that would mean preparation. I, I generally do, but I still have to click to have it on the screen because usually I'm looking around at different stuff as well. So last week's entry, which was the Naked Jungle, came in at a dizzying height of twenty-one out of twenty-six. On our pilot season pantheon of prowess, which apparently is the name I'm going with it now. Um, but Alan, Big Bang Theory unaired pilot, where on this list would you put it? And would you like me to run down the list or have you got it in front of you? I have it in front of me, yeah. Um, I'll, run, I'll run it down for the listener while you, while you think. Okay. So the list as it stands goes thusly. At 26 is Heil Honey, I'm Home, which is a Hitler sitcom or a Hitler com. At number 25, it is Days Like These, it's that 70s show, but British and sad. At number 24, it's Buczynski, which is kind of like Tequila and Bonetti, but um, with Peter Boyle and scary puppetry. At number 23, it's Dark Man, which is kind of like a show about a thing based on a film, because it is. At number 22, it's Just League of America 1997, which is kind of like if Friends was full of superheroes. At number 21, it's The Naked Jungle, which is kind of like if you had a game show and it was full of nudists. In fact, that's kind of what it is. At number 20, it's KTMA Mystery Science Theater, which is kind of like Mystery Science Theater as we know it, only not quite as good because they didn't write it. At number 19 is Wrestling Society X, which is kind of like what MTV tried to produce a wrestling show and filled it with terrible things, because it was. At number 18 is the XWF, which is kind of like if Hulk Hogan produced a wrestling show and wasn't a racist that we knew of back then. Um, at number 17 is Shotgun Saturday Night, which is 90 WWF. I can't think of any other way of saying it. At number 16 is Clerks, the live-action pilot, which I keep forgetting actually existed. At number 15 is the IT Crowd US. It's kind of like the Big Bang Theory, but better. At number 14 is Clarissa Now, which is kind of like cardboard in television form. At number 13, it's Red Dwarf US, which is kind of like Red Dwarf UK, only not. At number 12 is Coupling US, which is kind of like Coupling UK, only terrible. At number 11 is Doctor Strange which is kind of like a show about a, a, a comic superhero type guy, only it's really long and full of funky music and Jessica Walters and boring. At number 10 is The Adventures of Super Pup, which is kind of like a Superman knockoff, because it is and there's midgets. At number 9 is part of the X-Men, which is kind of like the X-Men only with an Australian. At number 8 is J. Digger Doyle, which is kind of like an episode of uh, Magnum P.I. only with a lady. At number seven is Look Well, which is kind of like a show starring Adam West, because it is. At number six is a Tag Team, which is kind of like a cop show with wrestlers. At number five, it's Pain, which is kind of like Faulty Towers, only American. At number four, it's The Cage, an episode of Star Trek that's kind of like Star Trek, but with no Kirk. At number three, it's The Coltons, which is MacGyver, which kind of hasn't got MacGyver. At number two, it's Heat Vision and Jack, which kind of was the best show you ever watched until I got outvoted by two people who will remain nameless. At number one is The Man in the High Castle, which became our new number one because I got outvoted by two people who will remain nameless. I still kind of feel bad about that. <laughs> Only kind of. 
But I, I, I like your vitriol <laughs> and being at the top, so I'm not going to do anything about it. Okay, first off, this it's... is a competently produced show. Yeah. So that puts it in the top half. <laughs> That's our one uh, criteria for getting in the top half of this of this list. It's competently produced. Um, right. It, it's reasonably well paced. It it didn't have any strange WTF moments. That takes uh, Super Pup. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's definitely going to end up higher than Super Pup. Um, so I don't think it's better than Jerry Digger Doyle. But it's better than Pride of the X Men. I'm not sure if it's better than Pride of the X Men. I want to. I want to. This is the. This is around the area of the list I'm. I'm aiming at. Right. So, but so between seventh and tenth. I mean, if I wanted to watch more, <laughs> you can. <laughs> I can, but it'd be wildly different from from this pilot. If I wanted to watch more of this show as it stands from this pilot, I I think I'd prefer to watch more X Men. <laughs> I would be happy to not put this any higher than 10th because, like, yeah, it's competent. But is it good? I don't know. And it it's sort of not carries... a groundbreaking pilot. No. This isn't the Twin Peaks pilot. You know, it's, not, it's not a great pilot. And it's not a bad Big Bang Theory episode. Yeah. But I'm also really biased against Big Bang Theory episodes in that watching it kind of makes me feel dirty. But you can see why it, it it went back for rewrites and yeah and recasting. So I think number ten might be the uh, that, that's probably the spot for it. Yes. So our new number ten is the Big Bang Theory's unaired pilot. It's kind of like the Big Bang Theory's aired pilot, except they change the majority of it, which is relegated really closer now down to fifteenth on the list. So it's it's really slipped. Down from our median point. I still think it's like a metaphorical midpoint. <laughs> Just because it is so bland and it it is competently done, but in no way interesting. Next week, Alan. Next week is something exciting. Yes. Uh, next week, we're going to be looking at the, the second newest thing on this list. We're looking at the pilot of the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, the recent Netflix series uh, created by Tina Fey, and uh, uh, I'm I've high hopes for this. You have very high hopes. You have high hopes. High hopes. Already now, I'm gonna uh, put it as: Will this be the, the new number one? How long will the man in the high castle reign? Find out next week. Well, Alan, age doesn't matter. You can die at any time. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's that's a really downer ending, Patrick. I still believe the world is good, that bunnies are nice and snakes are mean, and that one day Sandra Bullock will find someone who deserves her. Yeah, that's better. I like that. That's hopeful. Smile until you feel better. I call it kimmying. Hey, Patrick, 2090 called. You're dead and your time on Earth was wasted. You're kind and you're funny, and both our names mean penis. Your experiences are not universal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we we should stop this now. <laughs> this could go on forever. <laughs> That's been another episode of Pilot Season and the uh, impromptu Kimmy Schmidt quote-off. I'm Patrick Brogan, the Unemployed Historian, and I'll be here with my kissing hole at theunemployedhistorian.com. Alan Byrne, if people want to find you, where can they find you? 
Well, you can find me on Twitter where I'm at Alan Byrne, which is spelled A-L-A-N-B-E-I-R-N-E. I'm on Tumblr, which is alanbyrne.tumblr.com, or I have a website, which is alburn.com. Although it's just, actually, it's just come back in the door with a check. No, no, go away. Yeah, we won't be seeing that for a while. Well, we've got to go now because I'm having candy for dinner. Goodbye. Bye. Science. It's poetry in motion. She turned her tender eyes to me as deep as any ocean. Yeah, baby. As sweet as any harmony. Oh, she blinded me with science. She blinded me with science. Blinded me with science. And failed me in biology. When I'm dancing close to her. Blinding me with science. Science. Science.